Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So if you don't know, I'm doing 31 days of single on purpose, not just for single people, but for anyone who wants to connect to themselves. And so I'm going to do 31 episodes on my podcast going through the entire workbook. Um, You don't have to listen to them in order. They can be single serving. So today is day one, and it's a quick, fun connection to self-assessment. And I have two guests that are going to do this with me, both therapist, my partner, Vanessa Bennett, and her best friend and I was going to say partner too, business partner, (laughs) Danae Logan. Her last name is very easy to remember. Uh, But before we begin, I just want to remind you that I'm also going to do a street tour uh, in Los Angeles, and I want to give you a few dates if you are in or around LA. I would love to meet you. Pharaoh's Gym, Sunday, May 28th. We're going to do some uh, breath work. We're going to have a speaker talk about sex. Um, Definitely not me. Uh, Doing uh, mini astrology readings. And we're going to get half naked and jump into ice. So check that out. Just Google uh, Pharaoh's Gym. And that's in Echo Park. P-H-A-R-O-S. Sunday, May 28th. Also, uh, Cafe Mac. This is a uh, coffee shop in Koreatown. And I picked this place because it's kind of... um, it's where I started running groups when um, this is uh, before I was licensed, and I remember the uh, people would pay like twenty dollars, and I would have like twenty people who paid twenty dollars, um, and I would run these little groups at this exact coffee shop. So it's kind of like going down memory lane. Wednesday, June seventh, ten thirty a.m., and uh, I'll have some sandwiches and eats, and it's gonna be great. Also, have a speaker doing um, talking about dating and. Uh, how to date in today's uh, swipe culture. And then uh, we're going to end it at Little Farm. It's Little City Farm. Uh, just do a party there for my partner, Vanessa. And it's a little farm in the middle of K-Town. It's really cool. And uh, we're going to have uh, possibly some live music. Danae's going to be there. She's going to be talking about masculine, feminine energy. And uh, we're just going to do a little singles mingle. So we'll see who shows up. And I'm going to make it potluck because uh, they have these giant tables where we could sit and eat. And it's going to be a, a little celebration. And that's June 17th, Saturday at 1, 1 p.m. So uh, put those on the calendar. And uh, we will we will see you there. If you are driving while, you're, while listening to this podcast or if you're you know doing the dishes uh going on a walk whatever i don't expect you to do this exercise uh on paper um so just kind of run it in your head right you don't have to like do the math and everything it's less about the score it's more about what these questions bring up for you so it's just a quick broad strokes broad strokes assessment i don't even know if i should use the word assessment it's, it's kind of a, a i don't like that word but um it feels like the old quizzes in the Cosmopolitan magazine we used to do when we were in high school, which I kind of love. Let's call it vintage. <laughs> Let's call it vintage. Okay. So the question one, and Danae and Vanessa just did this. Question one is, 
I can take myself out to dinner on a Friday night and genuinely enjoy myself and not give a fuck. I put this question in here because uh, the, the, the time I was single for five years, I spent a lot of time alone and um, uh, I'm kind of an, an introvert. And so it was, it was, uh, it felt natural to me, but I wanted to do it in public. I wanted to see what I felt like um, going to the movies by myself, eating dinner by myself. And so I would just ride my motorcycle all over town and do things alone um, on a Friday night, right? And I felt very self-conscious, people looking at me. Um, I would journal, I would listen to um, something on my, you know, with the earpods, um, but I would force myself to get comfortable uh, taking myself out to a date. So um, I, I gave myself a four. Tell me what you guys gave yourselves and, and also um, what this question means to you. So if we're looking at this scale of zero to five, zero being never, five being always, um, Zanay and I both put a five. <laughs> I think if I had taken this assessment when I was in my 20s, I probably would have put a lower number. Um, I think it was harder for me to do that, like take myself out and not give a fuck. I think I was more self-aware of like, or self-conscious, I guess. People are looking at me, whatever. I have zero fucks to give now about that. Like, I don't know if that's also having a kid. I'm like, ooh, a night out by myself? That sounds amazing. Um, but I like, there was not a doubt. I put five always. Yeah, I did as well. But as John, as you were talking, I was thinking about, I very rarely am out by myself without something I'm writing, something I'm working Reading, on, which I, I think is a little mm-hmm. bit of an interesting thing in terms of singlehood because people will often say like, oh, but you could still meet people at coffee shops or like out in the world. I will not have any like conscious awareness of the people around me a lot of times. I've seen it. Be, I know. <laughs> like I will be so in my own world that people will be like, yeah, I saw you and you didn't see me, so I didn't say anything or whatever. But I, I think that's that's an important thing point too. It's not mm-hmm. like we're just sitting in a coffee shop a lot of times by ourselves being with ourselves. We sort of have like all of us have our phones now. So we're often pretty distracted. That's a really good point, right? Because I've been with you where I've been like, Ooh, that guy's hot. And you're like, what, who, where, you know? So I think if you're talking about being single on purpose as well, like not that you're out always looking to date, but I mean, if it's about being out there and being aware, are you distracting with a book or with your phone or with your, right? Like, are you able to stand there or sit there and really just be present to what's going on around you? I think is like a sub, sub question to this. It's a great point. And so for Danae, uh, <laughs> she, she on this gave herself a five, but it's because even though she's technically alone, uh, she's working on something or she's got a computer open, which is much easier. So the prescription for her would be to do this with no phone, no computer, and just kind of sit there and um, present herself. Like the energy of just being there alone, people watch engaging. That would be hard for her, and I'm sure her score would be much lower. Okay. Yes, it would. I just felt like hot as you said it. I am able to communicate my needs and wants. Um, I gave myself a four. Uh, this is, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very general question. It's a popular question, but it's an important question. I know a lot of my clients um, – they're not able to do this in relationships. Or maybe when you're single, you are able to do this, you know, maybe with friends, family. But when you find love, it may be difficult uh, to do. I don't know. What about you guys? What did you give yourself? And what does this question mean to you? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> it's funny because Danae and I are very similar in almost everything. There's only two that you're going to hear different. Um, I gave myself a two, uh, which is sometimes. 
Uh, I think even now, all these years into doing this journey of self-betterment, I still struggle with communicating my needs and wants. Yeah, I mean, I think we both straddled with like a one and we're like, no, let's give ourselves credit. It's not rarely, like sometimes we do. But I think that some of this is certainly the ways that we've, you know, become pretty accustomed to being self, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like holding ourselves accountable? Self-sufficient. Oh, yeah. Um, But also a lot of this, I think, is the way that we're socialized as women, to not be too needy, to not be Mm -hmm. too much drama, to, you know, all of those things, I think, play into... um, what it means to really take up space with our needs. Agreed. Yeah. I think um, I would be curious to know, John, like if you ever got, because you know me, I'm a data nerd. I would actually love to get the data on this. And I would be super curious to see the difference between men and women and what they score themselves on this. I don't know. Sidebar. Yeah. I mean, I think women would be a lot lower Mm -hmm. just because of the world we live in. The next question, am I able to communicate my needs and wants in the bedroom? You know, I gave myself a five, but I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> it's the only one I gave myself a five in. Um, Just proving our point. But I don't know if that's a good thing. In the bedroom, I point fingers and snap a lot. Uh, I don't know if this is a good thing that I gave myself a five because it sounds like um, I'm I'm not taking the – it sounds like I'm putting my needs before um, the person I share a bed with, right? So, Which is me. But I, I have, but I mean, I have no problem saying, "Hey, I, I get," you know. I guess it's, it depends on how you present the data. Like, I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't bark orders. Yeah. But if someone asks, "Hey, do you like it?" I could be get very specific. I could be like, "Yeah, can you just turn to the left a little bit?" You know. Uh, so I have no problem um, expressing what I want in the bedroom. But also, I, I you know, I, I also because I'm highly sexual, or because it's always sex has always been this thing that. Uh, that like you know, good coffee has always kind of been something that um, I hold high, and uh, so maybe that's also part of it too. Vanessa, I think put uh, Vanessa was asking me if there were negative numbers in here, and uh, just a zero. That's fucked up. Um, I put a two actually, uh, and I think I've gotten better. Just like the needs and wants above that, I think maybe a couple years ago or you know, ten years ago, I would have put like a one or a zero, but I think now I'm at a two. Um, and I don't, just to go back to what you were saying, I don't think that when you answer this, I don't think you communicating your needs and wants in the bedroom, like yours being a five necessarily means that you're somehow overpowering the other person. I think it's just being honest about, are you able to say, I like this or I don't like this? Um, and actually separating those two, I think is important when you do this, this exercise, at least in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I would say it too. And actually I think similar to the question above this, this might also go back to the way that we're socialized in our culture with women versus men, right? I mean, a lot of times in sex, women are essentially raised to believe that it is our sole purpose to pleasure a man and make sure that he is pleased at the detriment of ourselves. Um, And it's all about kind of protecting their ego. Now, that's not every woman, obviously, but that is a lot of the ways I think we're culture or society, how society conditions us. There we go. Yeah, another really detrimental narrative, I think, for women is that like a man who is like who I'm supposed to be with will just like really know how to turn me on without me having to say anything or do anything like that's how you'll know and Mm -hmm. I think that really hurts us as women in the bedroom totally Mm. yeah yeah I mean I would say I I think right now at this point in my life the sex is the 
sex is the best I've ever had. Oh, you too. And like, you know, John, I'll give you some credit for that. But also I think it's where I am in my journey. Like I am more open to saying I do like this or I don't like that. And if coulda, woulda, shoulda, if only I had known that in my 20s, I would have had a lot better sex in my 20s, right? But say lovey. Danae, what was your score? Um, I was a two there as well. <laughs> we should just have one of you guys do it because all the, all the numbers are the same. Okay, next one. I don't beat myself up if I'm not productive, if I don't work out or if I, you know, eat something shitty. Uh, so this one, I, I gave myself a lower score. I'm more of like a, a two or one. Um, it's not that I beat myself up, but yeah, I do uh, uh, just because I've been used to um, evaluating the day, how much I'm getting done. Uh, in my old life, I was a screenwriter. So like if I didn't knock out 10 pages a day, I was very hard on myself. I wasn't making money. So uh, I found my worth in pages, right? So if I knocked out 10 pages a day, which is a lot, um, I came home feeling like I did something. And at that time, uh, the person I was married to was the breadwinner. And so um, I felt I tied my pages to my worth and also as a man, as a husband, all that stuff. And so if I came home, say with two and a half pages, I... I came home with my tail between my legs. I came home uh, with shame and like I wasn't contributing to the marriage. And so that I think has rolled over because, you know, 10 years of that, um, it becomes a pattern. And so, yeah, these days if I don't get a workout in, if I don't um, create enough podcasts, videos, whatever, if I don't write, uh, then I do feel um, I get down on myself. Yeah, I put a two on this one as well. Um, I think that as you were saying that, I realized that resonates actually with me now because in our relationship right now, you're the breadwinner and I feel very similarly where like if I'm not productive or if I'm not busy somehow, I find myself doing it with you. Like sometimes I'm like, you're not even asking for it and I'm justifying my time to you. And for some reason that to me makes me feel like I'm putting in value to the relationship because financially I'm not contributing the same that you are. Um, and that's not something that's only been an issue just in our relationship. I think that has that's a cultural thing too, right? I mean, we are a hustle culture. It's like if you're not busy, you have no value. Like you're worthless if you're not, you know, putting out, you know, putting the grind kind of thing. So I also think that's a bit of a cultural sickness that most of us probably share. Yeah. I mean, that's not to always bring it back to masculine and feminine energetics, but we're a culture that doesn't value feminine qualities like rest and play and being and the productivity is often from a space of wounded masculine fear and that's very much how we're raised that like I have to hustle for my belonging and my enough and we spend a lifetime doing that so yes it's I mean I think we both put twos down that sometimes we're able to do that but I think it's really hard because it's so much of culturally how we're raised before we get to the next question I have to bake in an ad I know this sounds uh, not organic, but um, if you don't know, I have a subscription for the Angry Therapist podcast, and it's like a cappuccino a month. It's 4 bucks a month, or it's $36 a year. And the difference between those episodes and these is um, obviously commercial-free, but also a bonus episode every week, and I kind of give homework. I um, focus more – with those episodes, I focus on how we're going to uh, move the needle f- how are we going to change your life? So I ask a lot of questions and give you homework at the end. And you can uh, sign up for that at theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. All right. 
Next question is, I don't tie my worth to being in a relationship. This is a really big question. So I gave myself a three. It, it's not that I tie my worth to a relationship, but I think um, I think I uh, I mean I think less today, but I think when I was younger uh, to feel more of value, I would always go for the prettiest girl in the room. I, I would always go for. Uh, you know, um, someone who's, I don't believe in this, but quote unquote, out of your league, they, as they say, um, because then I had the trophy and I could trace this back to when I was 12 and, uh, there was a, a girl who was 16. I've talked about her a lot, uh, maybe a little too much. Her name was Doreen and she was 16 and she was, um, um, biracial and, uh, she was, um, she was already a woman and had curves at 16. I was a 12-year-old uh, with a bowl haircut and playing with Legos and G.I. Joe guys. And and this is was the hot girl on the block that all the older kids loved and wanted. And for some reason, she liked me. And uh, I remember at that age, I felt so special. And I also felt the other older kids, the the the, the boys, accept me more now that a girl that they liked, liked me. And I think that imprinted something in a 12-year-old. I mean, like our neighbor, Georgie's like almost 12, right? I mean, I was that young. And uh, I think that was the experience that told me, okay, if you want to be accepted, get the hot girl or get the girl that everyone wants. And uh, maybe it was kind of, uh, you know, unconscious. But then, of course, growing up in L.A., Hollywood, all of that, um, that was what I, I found myself doing that a lot, getting approval from uh, friends, society, from the outside because of whose hand I was holding. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's not just women, right, in this society that are taught that the person on your arm or having a person on your arm somehow makes you more valuable as a person, right? Because um, for sure women get the same messaging. And so I put um, four for this one, actually. And again, if you had asked me this in my 20s versus now, I think it would have been a lot different. I think like you growing up, especially in my 20s, I could see it. I mean, um, there's that like whole notches in the bedpost thing, which definitely doesn't pertain just to men. I mean, I was for sure in that phase in my 20s where it was like I would walk into a room in a bar or whatever, and I'd be like, that's the hottest guy. And I would challenge myself. I wouldn't tell anybody else. But in my mind, I'd be like, I'm taking him home tonight. And somehow I measured my, again, like my worth, right? Whether or not I could get I could snag the guy, right? And it wasn't about like dating them necessarily, but it was definitely about getting them to be attracted to me. I think now, especially through years and years of doing this work on myself and really building my sense of self, establishing who I am completely outside of partnership. Um, and also I think having a daughter has really tipped that for me where I put a lot more weight on who I am as an individual and not so much as, you know, having a partner somehow gives me value. But I mean, I put a four, right? It's not a five. I mean, I think kind of like the last question, like you were saying, Danae, it's the culture we live in. So it's like asking a fish to know it's in water, right? At some point, it's it's almost impossible, I would say, to have it be a five when you live in the culture we live in. Yeah, the word worth on that one feels like a really important component. I feel like after being married so long, the pendulum swung so far for me that um, I struggled between the four and the five. And of course, like you were just saying, like none of us do any of this perfectly, but I feel like I find so much of my self-worth now in my ability to 
to not need that or to um, to be able to take care of myself. That's really like where my sense of self gets built up or where it comes from a lot of times these days. But yeah, I think it's a lot of reprogramming within our heads. I also think there's some attachment stuff here. Danae and I are proudly leaning into the more avoidant side of the proudly? attachment. I'm proud. proud. I'm proud. <laughs> um, you know, I'm proud because I think people love to bash on the the more avoidant, but I do think there's a little bit of that. Maybe, maybe more avoidant people would say, I'm a little bit more proud to be by myself. And I don't know, just something well, to think. I mean, it, yeah, that's interesting. I think we have this conversation sometimes about like, is it resistance for women to be a little bit more on the avoidant side in a society that really, I think, conditions us to feel like our worth is in whether or not we're being chosen. But I don't know that I'm like, it's not that I'm not proud, but like I would like to be a little bit less avoidant. But I, I would like to be a little less avoidant. I say I'm proud against all the haters. <laughs> that's, that's fair. <laughs> It's an important question to ask yourself uh, as you're dating because uh, when you find someone that uh, you're attracted to, you know, asking yourself why you're attracted to this person I think is, is good. And if one of the reasons is because this is the hottest person in the room or this this person, yeah, uh, gives you something um, more than, uh, you know, the, the, the daily love, um, it's just something to look at, right? I, I don't think you should judge it either, you know? Uh, we're attracted to what we're attracted to, but I think the investigation is what's important. All right, the next one is um, really simple. It's I forgive myself. I gave myself a three. Um, I think it depends for what, you know, if I uh, do something that's, say, hurtful to my daughter, that's a lot harder for me to forgive myself than if I do something um Hurtful to Vanessa. No, I'm just kidding. If I do something, if I do something um, that is, uh, that just, you know, uh, um, has to do with me. You know, so, um, yeah, I think it depends, but I, I don't think I'm good at it. I also don't think I'm bad at it. Uh, I do think it's a daily practice. So I gave myself a three. Yeah. Daily practice. I gave myself, um, a three as well. Uh, I think again, I'm a lot better now than I used to be. And I think you're right. I think it's categorical. It's categorical. Like there are certain things I'm better at forgiving myself for. I think for me, what I struggle with the most is the things that I feel like I quote unquote should know. Like I should know better when I find myself slipping into old habits that I feel like, and I know that it's, this is going to resonate with a lot of people listening because I hear it so often from clients. Like I should know better. I've done this work. I've learned this lesson. Like, why am I still doing this? That I think is when I have a harder time forgiving myself, even though logically I know that's not how growth works. That is when I slip into the beating myself up more. Um, so that's probably where I would put the three. Like that's where that came in. Yeah, I put a four on that one. And I think what you said about Logan is interesting, John, because this is a conversation I have with my therapist a lot that my child ends up being my Achilles heel, like the least actualized version of myself is like, when it comes to Cairo, I'm hardest on myself, I expect the most of myself. And I have a really hard time forgiving myself if I feel like I'm being a bad mom. Most other spaces in my life, I'm pretty quick to be like, yeah, I get to be human. But with him, the bar is a lot higher. We have four more questions. We'll go pretty quick here. Uh, next one is I talk to myself in a way that's respectful, compassionate, and kind. I don't assassinate my character. I give myself a three. Uh, I think I'm kind of middle of the road. Um, if I find myself doing it, I'm also quick to catch myself and um, be kinder to myself. And I, and I think I do that more. So the leverage for me is I, I don't want to be you know someone who's a um, – do as I say, not as I do. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so that's what I, I that's the leverage that I use to um, 
forgive myself and to uh, talk to myself in a, in a, in a healthier, kinder way. Cause that's what I tell my clients to do. Yeah. I gave myself a three as well. Um, pretty much everything you said resonates. Like I, I've definitely gotten better. I want to walk my walk, uh, put, you know, put out there what I'm, what I'm talking to my clients about. And also the, and I won't go down a rabbit hole, but the one thing I will say about this one is I think my defense mechanism, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this today, as far as this being maybe like attachment focused, but, um, I actually have a harder time with my negative self-talk outward towards other people, not coming out of me outward, but like in my head, that for me is my defense mechanism. So if something goes wrong, I, in my head, it's like, oh, see, see, this is why it's not, you know, like for you and I, for example, we get into a fight or you do something that bothers me. My go-to in my head is like, see, this is why I can't trust him. This is why this isn't going to work. This is why I should be alone. That's always been my go-to my whole life. And so I would give myself a three, this idea of being compassionate, not just to self internally, but also to other people, because that can be, I think, a defense for me or something to hide behind, I guess. So you're, when you say see, here it is, whatever it is that, that you are, it, it seems like you are then always looking for something to prove yeah. some kind of false belief. Maybe that men always leave or that this isn't going to work or can't trust, can't trust whatever. So you're uh, kind of always scanning for that, mm-hmm. which um, can be uh, a crowbar. Hey, wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to add. I give myself a four on that one. I feel like I've come a long way. I bring a lot, or I believe I bring a lot to the table in the relationship. I gave myself a nine and a half. And uh, I, you know, I, I think before it was a lot lower. Um, 20s, definitely, maybe a, a two. Um, you know, as I got older, that's what it is. That's, so my 20s and 30s, uh, insecure, uh, you know, um, wanting to be with someone uh, to, to validate me. Uh, I, I didn't bring much to the table. In my 20s and 30s, I was... Um, uh, reactive and um, very grabby and takey and uh, not not uh, not aware of self. So I did not bring much. I also was broke, so I really didn't bring much to the table at all. Um, these days, I do think I bring more to the table. So I gave myself um, a four. Do you think it's harder for people to find relationships as they get older for that reason? Because there's just a lot more self-acceptance and like, I'm not really willing to like compromise compromise who I am to be with someone. Well, let me ask you this. Would you date someone who was uh, not that self-aware, unemployed? He's a good guy. He's got a kind heart. But, you know. Now I wouldn't. Right. And usually in your 20s, you, you, you might if he had pretty eyes or if there was something, or maybe he was a musician or, or he was artistic or there's something that wouldn't really translate into legs of a relationship or something that, you know, you want now. Um, so yeah, I, I think as we get older, we have more non-negotiables. And so, yeah, which kind of sucks because if you're single, then you, you, you feel like there's less out there. Mm-hmm. 
But I think if you do hold on to that strainer, whoever stays, right, who, whatever uh, is the, the nugget of gold that stays, um, you're going to have a better experience with that person. So, yeah, I think that it's interesting because I think in a lot of ways you get more comfortable being by yourself as you're older, but then that also can be like that double-edged sword because you can just get so comfortable being by yourself that almost everyone is like, yeah, that feels like something I'm not really compromising on and willing to bring into my space because my space is good enough as it is. Your Instagram handle is Danae.Logan, correct? <laughs> yes, it is. She's single. She brings a lot to the table. And I want to tighten the vice a little bit, and I want to ask Vanessa, because um, th- this is the hard question, uh, the direct question. What do you bring to the table in a relationship, do you believe? Yeah, I mean, Danae and I both put a five. <laughs> you bring <laughs> everything. <laughs> I... Um, <laughs> But you know what's funny with this one? I actually think if you had asked me this question in my 20s, I still would have put a five. I, I Maybe I just have like a, a an, an inflated level of uh, arrogance. I don't know. That is one thing. I mean, for all the all the things that society teaches and this and that, and I do think I've always been very aware of how fucking good of a friend and a partner I am. And also because I've always put a lot of value on that. That's a skill that I have always put pressure on myself to continue to build and to hone. I am really good at being in relationships. Now, I might not be the best as far as like communicating needs. I might not be the best as far as, um, you know, not people pleasing all these things, but I'm really good in relationships because I'm a really good people pleaser and I'm a really good like, oh, I'll just make it all about you, which is not necessarily good, right? Air quotes. But I'm really good at placating and keeping keeping the other person happy. And so, in a way, I think I've always had this like inflated sense of like, oh, I bring a lot to the table because I know how to keep other people happy, which isn't obviously like a real healthy relationship. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, I do think I bring a lot to the table. I think that I, yes, I have things to work on, but I do think I'm pretty clear. I'm pretty direct. I am free with my love. Like I show my love. I think I'm very fair. I think I... Um, I think I'm intelligent. I think I'm funny. I think I'm like, I could, you know, I'll give myself all that credit. Um, I think I, I was going to go something really dirty, but I'm not going to do that. No, I'm really good in bed. I was going to say I'm really oh, good. Sure. I'm really good at giving blowjobs. <laughs> but seriously, like. <laughs> after you broke your jaw? Are you still really good at giving blowjobs yeah, after? The- yes, you are. But also, I'm not hung like a horse. Oh, Jesus. Well, it's a nice fit. This went, this went in a really sideways. Mom and dad here at the table. <laughs> Danae, what do you think you bring to the table in the relationship? Um, Because people now know where to find you, at least people listening who are single and interested. Yeah. You know what I think is my my fascination with love and loving better and loving well? I think I'm very much able to um, apologize and feel like I can fall short and that doesn't diminish me in any way. And I think that's something I bring to the table. And I think my gift is seeing... um, people on a soul level and seeing their gifts. Now that can sometimes be an Achilles heel, but I think that I see people in the highest light and truth of who they are. And I think that that is something that um, I would love to share that in a love relationship with someone, you know? Well, I can tell you as her best friend, it's really good to be in a relationship with somebody like that because she, she definitely like fluffs my feathers a lot and it's nice. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I actually noticed that about you, that you have this gift of 
what I'm seeing is uh, the the Spider Man, not Spider Man. What's a super? I think it's Superman. He's able to uh, to see see through walls or have this like you know in the cartoons you see the the ra- the lasers. Ex- yeah, expert lasers coming out of your eyes. And um, I think you do that. You have the ability to um, pierce through like all the bullshit and kind of see one's soul, you know. And uh, that's needed. That's a really. I mean, can you imagine if everyone did that? Um, how much more forgiving, caring, and you know. So that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. I think I'm attractive as a whole person. I know I'm not perfect, but I like myself and my body, and anyone would be lucky to have me. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. I think I'm a, like, a th- like a two. I'm going to say a three. Like I think I bring – I've always been like the guy that, um, that um, once you got to know me, then people really liked me. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm like, uh, you know, ugly, but I, I'm not someone that I ever thought like I could go into rooms and turn heads. Um, and also, I think because, um, you know, I'm not the tallest guy, right? Uh, and then also growing up in a very um, Caucasian world, I've always felt like, oh, if I only had uh, blue eyes and blonde hair, you know, if I only look like Brad Pitt, because that's what beauty is. And uh, because I had a uh, different color of skin and eyes, um, I never felt like um, um, I, I was aesthetically attractive in that way. So I was always like, oh, well, if you got to know me, if you like my humor, you know, that kind of, then, um, then, I, then I felt more confident. That makes me really sad to hear you say that. I actually feel emotion in that. Because um, guess what? If you were blonde and blue-eyed, I would never have been attracted to you. <laughs> She's not lying. She would have totally been turned off. I don't do blonde hair, blue eyed boys. Um, I gave myself a five. <laughs> as John's changing it to a three, I gave myself a five. Um, as a whole person, right? I don't. When you say I think I'm attractive, I mean I no, I'm the same. It's not like I've always been like, oh, I'm such a hot person. But um, I think it's more related to the one above that, that question above, where it's like I bring a lot to the table. I've always felt confident in like what I brought to the table. And so this idea of anybody would be lucky to have me, I don't know. I feel pretty confident in that. Um, but also, John, anybody would be lucky to have you. So I just want to tell you that. Thank you. I'm lucky to have you. I'm lucky to have you. <laughs> lucky Chucky. It's my T-shirt. <laughs> Chucky used to be my Korean name. Yeah. And for the record, I have said to Vanessa, and you know, you know this, most of the men that Vanessa has been attracted to we would never compete for men. You are the exception to that, John. You are an unbelievably attractive man. But I will say I put a five on this one and that's a hard fought five because five years ago, not only would I have not put a five, but I would have been embarrassed to even be in the range of five. But I do think I'm like a fine wine getting much better with age and I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> when she says hard five, she's not saying, she, she's not saying, she's, she's saying it was difficult for her to give herself a five. She's not saying it's a hard five as in like, uh, it's a fucking yes, stamp. Yes, right, yes. right, right, right. I'm not saying it was hard for me to give myself a five. Owning that and truly yeah. believing that, it took me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The five required journey. The last question is I believe I'm lovable. And um, I gave myself a four, and I think that also, uh, you know, required me to uh, get there. It's, you know, it's a, it's such a um, layered question, you know. um, Do I believe that I'm lovable? I, I, you know, I think some days I do more, some days I do less, but overall, uh, 
yeah, I think I, I think I deserve uh, uh, to be loved. And maybe that's that's another question that can help you answer this question: Is do you feel um, deserving of healthy or the kind of love that you um, want to attract? And uh, if you feel deserving of that, maybe that the easier. Maybe that's a bridge to getting to actually uh, feeling lovable. I don't know. I put a five, um, hard fought five again. But also as I'm thinking about it, based on the conversation we've had, I'm realizing that my kid, Logan, being the Achilles heel, right? So like I can unequivocally say five in so many areas, but like with her, and you know this, John, like there are times where I'll I'll say something or do something or, you know, whatever my parenting decision is, and then I'll like beat myself up for it after, right? And you're really good at being like, don't doubt yourself. Like you made this choice for a reason. It was a good choice. I stand by it. It makes sense, you know, as I'm kind of spinning out being like, I'm a horrible mother for doing this. Um, and so I think I'm a five in all areas, but I think with my kid for sure, like to your, to say that she's my Achilles heel, I think she might put me in somewhere in the two or three (laughs) range sometimes. Yeah. But even as you say that, I also think, oh, if we could all just deeply see ourselves the way that our children see us. Like I look at the way that Cairo looks at me and it's like, I am like a magical unicorn in his eyes. And it's such a, I think that is the gift of parenting is that this person, I mean, obviously our children are frustrated with us, but they think that we're magical and Mm -hmm. it's, it's really um, beautiful to be experienced by another human being that way unconditionally. Last night I gave Logan a treat after dinner. I gave her a little piece of chocolate and, before she ate it, she said, "Did did mommy say this is okay?" I said, "Listen, I'm fifty. I'm 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 daddy." And she said, "Did mommy say it's okay?" I said, "I am saying it's okay." And she's like, "Okay." Did, did mommy? She wouldn't put it in her mouth. And she said, "Did mommy say it's okay?" I was like, "Bitch, I'm daddy." <laughs> I'm daddy. I, I I have I have a say in this. And then this morning, so so this morning we woke up and so she had breakfast. She had the the quality food, and then um, uh, she was in the freezer and she found the little mini um, ice cream bars, right? And I said, if you eat your breakfast, eat what's healthy, you could have this little treat before you go to school. And I gave it to her, and she wouldn't eat it. She said, "Does mommy say it's okay?" Anyway, wait, wait, wait. That's my new T-shirt. Bitch, I'm dead. Because it can mean so many things. It can be. I've asked Vanessa to call me daddy in certain areas of the house, and she won't do it. But you know what? Bitch, I'm daddy's okay, a t-shirt. I'm going to make a t-shirt. We have a really funny story really quick. So John's amazing. And for Mother's Day, he got Danae and I stay at a hotel for the night. So we just came back. That's the, the day we're recording this is the day after Mother's Day. So we FaceTimed yesterday Danae's son, right? So we FaceTimed Cairo. And so we're chatting. And Cairo goes, where's Logan? Right? He's confused. Like, he sees us together. Where's Logan? And I said, or Danae goes, "He's she's with Uncle John. She's home with Uncle John. And he goes, who's, who's with Uncle who's John? With John? <laughs> You know, John's a grown-up, right? He said, who's with, jo- who's with Logan? Who's with we, John? we said, John, who's with John? <laughs> Most kids see me as uh, a play toy. I'm the, uh, I'm the monkey bars. I'm the, uh, anyway, go get this workbook if you want to do it with us. And um, you can do the assessment for yourself. And again, don't put weight on the score. Uh, these are questions just to think about and to bring things up, to create a, a dialogue with, either with friends um, or with yourself. Before we leave... I want to tell you about a few things that uh, Vanessa and Danae are doing. Actually, I'll let you, I'll let them tell you. 
So we actually do have two seats left. I think as of when this is released, probably one or two seats left for our upcoming retreat in Costa Rica, first week of June. So if you're looking to get to the jungle, be in the sun and the sand, do some deep integrative work, for sure, check that out. You know, links in either one of our bios. But we also just launched our private online community. Um, We're doing it, if you don't listen to our podcast already, Cheaper Than Therapy. It's going to be based on that only because we have so many amazing guests that we've had over the years that the plan is to have multiple workshops a month where we bring in guest speakers, but also obviously us. We run multiple small process groups a week, Uh, so topics that range from codependency recovery to relationships to spirituality to all kinds of things. Um, So if you want to join us in a very small, private, supportive community, you should check that out. It's um, We're building it now, and it's already been transformational. Yes. (laughs) All that. All to that. (laughs) To all of that. Thank you for listening to us.